You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Praise the Lord. We began to talk about finding and fulfilling purpose. Amen. On Thursday. And um, if you were not here, try and get the message and listen to it. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Amen. This will be very brief. But it will bless you. Finding and fulfilling purpose. It says there, can we read it together? King James Version. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. I didn't even hear your reading. Amen. Glory to God. There's a translation that I love because it makes it easy for us to understand what the scripture was actually talking about. A lot of times when we read scriptures in the Old Testament, uh, sorry, in the, in the King James Version, um, because of the language used, sometimes we miss all of the juice that is in the scripture. So I'm going to read it from Ephesians 1. Message translation 11, Ephesians 1 11, message translation, and then we'll pick up from there. How many of you want to fulfill purpose in life? Amen. Now, I made a statement earlier. I said, when it comes to purpose, you don't necessarily just wake up and decide purpose, you discover it. Hallelujah. Purpose is discovered. And also on Thursday, I gave an example or I took time to explain the difference between earthly purpose and eternal purpose. So when we're talking about purpose here, we're talking about eternal purpose. Hallelujah. So I want to read the message translation, Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. Let's read it together. I want to go. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Verse 12. Part of the overall purpose, He is working out in everything and everyone. Hallelujah. Now, there is an overall purpose of God. But there is a specific purpose of God for you. Amen. Six, say there's an overall purpose of God. But there's a specific purpose for me. Glory to God. Alright? So, and your specific purpose complements God's overall purpose. Did you hear me? Your specific purpose complements God's overall purpose. 
I use this term on, son, on Thursday. I talk about the general purpose of God and the specific purpose of God. There's something God wants the church to do, the body of Christ. But there's something He wants the believer to do. Glory to God. So there's a general purpose of God for the body of Christ, but there's a specific purpose of God for you as a believer in the body of Christ. And I'm saying that your specific purpose complements. It doesn't run against the general purpose. It complements the general purpose of God. Did you get that? Now, we gave definitions of what it means when we, say, when we use the word purpose, what we mean. We talked about aim, intention. Hallelujah. What has been determined. I introduced the determinate counsel of God on Thursday. But you know, I said there are two questions that you must answer for you to say you are actually fulfilling purpose. The first question is, who am I? Ask your neighbor, who am I? Amen, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? You don't expect an answer from your neighbor because he doesn't know. Glory to God. The second question is, why am I here? Glory to God. Why am I here? Purpose is centered around two major things. Identity. Everybody say identity. Second, importance. Say identity. Importance. Yeah. Because sometimes, you, why, who am I? Why am I here? We read in verse 11 of Ephesians 1, message translation, go back there, 11. He said, it is in Christ that we find out. Where? In Christ, what do we find out? We find out what, who we are. Identity. Identity. You can never determine identity without referring to source. Amen. To the source. God is our source. Is God your source? Did you originate from Him? I think it was the first John 4 4. He said, Year of God. Hallelujah, little children. You have God. You have God means that you originate from God. God is your source. You emanate from Him. You spring from Him. So you can never, ever talk about identity without referring to source. A lot of times, people are trying to identify or get their identity from what they think they are. Or from what people say that they are. Or what someone referred and mentioned that they are. Even your parents need to refer to source. Amen. Are you with me? Have you not read the scripture? It said, train up a child. In the way he should go. That means that before he was born, there was a way. Amen. In the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. The Bible didn't tell the parent to decide the way the child will go. No. There was a way. The parent is just the channel. Amen. Through which that child came into this world and the custodian of the child until the time of accountability. Are you listening to me? So, even the parent is not the source. Glory to God. The parent has to refer to source to know the identity. What's the destiny of this child? Who am I? We're looking at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. In Jeremiah 1 5, God was speaking to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, 
Before I formed thee. Before I formed thee in the belly means before conception. Hallelujah. Before conception. He said, I knew thee. That means that you existed before conception. Amen. Are we together? Oh, I used to say it this way. I said, there was, you know how they're playing a football match. And then, people, some guys are on the field already playing. Then you have the guys on the reserve that are waiting to enter. Are you understanding me? They are waiting to enter. That's how all of us were waiting. Amen. Until our time now. You go. Go to Abba. Amen. You go. Go to Umuleri. Are you understanding me? Then you were born by your family. But we're all waiting. We're all waiting. We're all there. Are you understanding me? First spirit beings. Before we were formed in the belly, He knew us. We're on the reserve bench. Glory to God. Waiting for our time. And God knew us. That's what the Bible says. We were foreknown. Amen. If you read Romans 8, from the 28 down to 30, He said, Whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate. So we were foreknown. God knew us before we were formed in the belly. You are not an accident. Amen. You might be your parents' mistake, but you are God's message. Amen. Meaning that there's something God wanted to achieve. That's why He allowed you to come. He knew you before you were conceived. Amen. Then He said, go back to Jeremiah 1. He said, before I formed in the belly, I knew thee. Then he said, before you came out of the womb, look at the time God is talking about. He's talking about between conception and birth. Hallelujah. Amen. Between conception and birth. Who talks like that? He said, before you were formed, I knew you. Then he said, before you came out, a ceremony has already taken place. You were already ordained. Amen. Appointed for Jeremiah, he was ordained to be a prophet. Your own is different, amen. Are we together? But only the source knows what you are ordained for. What you are ordained for is your assignment in life, amen. Are you listening to me? What you are ordained for is your assignment. Now, there are two things about, about purpose. I said purpose is about your identity and then importance, but purpose also is about your identity and your assignments. Glory to God. Your assignments. Your assignments. Why you are here? You are here on an assignment. Life on a mission. A lot of times people don't know who they are. The one that knew you before he formed you in the womb is the one that can tell you who you are. Amen. And you know something very beautiful? Is that we can only find our purpose in Christ. It's in Christ that we find our purpose. You know, someone was asking a question. And there are scriptures that answer that question. The question was more of about what did God create man for? Amen. Have you ever thought of that? What did God create man for? And different people say some this one, this one say that one, that one say this, that one. That. You know, somebody actually said, you know, he created us because he wanted us to, uh, he, was des- he desired us to worship him. You know, God was, listen, some of you think God was not lonely. Amen. God, has ne- God was not lonely. He was satisfied in his eternal existence. Are you understanding me? He doesn't need anything to make him more God. He didn't have a need that you could feel. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's not that, it can't be that. It can't be that. You know, 
so that question comes up. So what, what, what did God create man for? I'm talking about generally mankind. What did God create man for? There are scriptures that answer it. I'll just show you two scriptures. You know, childhood. And you know how the Spirit of God uses things you were taught. Maybe you were five years old, six years old, seven years old. To minister to you. In later years when you are studying God's word and spending time in prayer. I remember a song. That song reveals to us. Why God created man. Hallelujah. It's an old song we used to sing. Some of you that are old time believers will know the song. It's in Revelations 4 verse 11. Can I put it up? Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. How many of you know that song? To receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things are for thine pleasure. They are and where. One more time. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive. Glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. What does that song say? God created all. You for his pleasure. Amen. All things he created was for his pleasure. For his pleasure. For his enjoyment. Hallelujah. For his pleasure. That's what you were created for. For God's pleasure. Let me show you a second scripture. Colossians 1.16. In Colossians 1.16, it says something similar. For by him we are all things talking about Jesus, by him were all things created that in heaven that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Let's read the last line together. I want to go. All things were created by him and for him. Amen. He didn't create you for you. He created you for him. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say he didn't create you for you. Amen. Say, you created you for him. Amen. He created you for himself. That means you were created for him. You were created for him. Someone, an old time minister, said something that's really a blessing. He said, the chief end of human existence is to please God, is to please him. Because you were created for his pleasure. So, the aim, the meaning of life, Amen. Is actually to please Him. That's what you were created for. Glory to God. That's what you were created for. In case you never knew, that one line is what you were created for. And you can't please Him without knowing Him, loving Him, and serving Him. Amen. Did you hear me? You can't please Him without knowing Him, loving Him, and serving Him. What did Hebrews 11 say? The sixth verse. Without faith, without faith, 
It is impossible to please God. Amen. That means that pleasing Him is important. And the avenue of pleasing Him is through faith. Amen. Glory to God. Living a life of purpose is living prophetically. Amen. I'll say it again. Living a life of purpose is living prophetically. What it means is that you are living out God's word for you. Amen. Did you get that? So living on purpose or purposefully is actually living prophetically. When we say something is prophetic, some of you just think about somebody declared the word. No, before you were born, God ordained you. Amen. Ordination is not a silent ceremony. It's a ceremony where words are going ahead of you. Glory to God. That means there are things that God spoke before you came into being. And any other man of God, anybody prophesying, they are just echoing what God already said concerning you. Amen. Are we together? He said, who will prophesy if God had not spoken? Actually, Amos put it this way. He said, God has spoken. Who will but prophesy? Amen. Meaning that the prophecy is echoing what God already said concerning you. Lift your hand and say, there is a word over my life. Say again, there is a word over my life. Say, I'm ordained for something. Glory to God. Yeah, that's purpose. Now, see, discovering that. I, 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 there's a definition I wrote down. I just want to read it out to you verbatim. Glory to God. Is this helping anybody? Sure? Okay. Now, you could write this down. Living with purpose is recognizing and representing your identity and your value. Living with purpose is recognizing and representing your identity and your value. Did you get that? Living with purpose is recognizing and representing your identity and your value. What I mean is this. Identity is recognizing who you are. Hallelujah. Then, representing it. Hallelujah. Not representing something else. Representing who you are. So that's the life of purpose. Recognizing and representing who you are. Your identity and your value. Value, yes, your importance also. There is something about you that the world should receive. There is something that you are bringing on the scene. That's why you came. Hallelujah. You didn't come here to consume You came here to contribute. Amen. Let me share some of my notes with you. I talked about three things about purpose. And I like to write them down. Purpose is essentially about who I am and why I am here. First line. Purpose is essentially 
about who I am and why I am here. Essentially. Say it with me. Say purpose is essentially about who I am and why I am here. Glory to God. Remember I said that earlier. Help me ask your neighbor, who are you? And some of you try to define yourself by what you do. What you do is not who you are. Amen. What I mean, your occupation is not who you are. Your occupation is one of the ways you fulfill your purpose. Amen. Your career is not who you are. Say, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. No, that's what I do. Amen. I'm a mother of three. I'm a father of many. Some of us use our temporary circumstance to, uh, to describe ourselves. Who, who, who are you? I'm, undergrad, I'm an undergraduate. <laughs> what is who are you? So, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm an applicant. <laughs> Your identity is in God. Hallelujah. Sometimes who you are might not be manifest yet, but it doesn't change the fact that that's who you are. It might not be evident to others. So, purpose is essentially about who I am and why I am here. Next question to ask is why are you here? Actually, but why are you here? See, listen, listen to me. When this all encompassing question of why and who I am and why I'm here is answered, it is difficult for that individual to want to kill himself. To be depressed. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Because depression, I talked about it last time, is that the person can't find meaning anymore. Amen. Why am I here? Why am I here? What am I doing? It's better I just die. Depression. But purpose, the consciousness of who you are and why you are here, is strong. The second line, I said purpose is essentially about who I am and why I'm here. The second line. Purpose is fundamentally about my identity and my assignments. Purpose is fundamentally about my identity and my assignments. The first line is purpose is essentially about who I am and why I am here. The next thing is, purpose is fundamentally about my identity and my assignment. Did you get that? That assignment is what makes you wake up in the morning. The Bible says a living dog is better than a dead lion. That thing that makes a man wake up in the morning and want to go out. Hope! Hope! Some of you take it for granted. 
is a function of purpose. Hallelujah. Number three, third line. Purpose is scripturally about God's eternal plan and my role in it. Amen. Purpose is scripturally about God's eternal plan and my role in it. The first one is essentially, the second one is fundamentally, the third one is scripturally. God's eternal plan and my role in it. That's purpose. You can't be confused. Amen. I say you can't be confused. Just in case all of that looks like English, purpose is what I mean to God. Amen. What I mean to God. Let me make you understand something. Sometimes in my office, I trash paper. I tread it, just tear it you know, up. Sometimes I burn it. You burn something that is of use to you? Do you? No, apart from a mad person, that's your normal. Do you burn something that is of use to you? How many of you carry your international passport and burn it? How many of you have carried your salary and burnt it? Why are you not burning it? Because it's of value. Is that not so? You're not burning it because of value. You only throw things to be burnt that are no more value to you. When people don't fulfill purpose, they go to hell. Amen. Hell is the burning place of refuse. Something that is no more value, has no meaning to God. Amen. Are you understanding me? It doesn't have any meaning to God. Hello? God doesn't burn anything that has meaning to Him. Glory to God. Did you get that? Yeah. I have more for you. I don't like you already. Belgian. Amen. You want more? Alright. I want to show you how purpose relates with other things. Very important. You know, most of the time, when you know why, it's easy to decide how. You know, purpose means that you, you now know why. Someone understands the purpose of coming to church, you won't be sitting there in the bathroom when service is going on. You won't be roaming outside when service is going on. Because you know why you're here. Glory to Jesus. There are some scriptures that really caught my attention and I just felt that I would share some of them with you. Alright, but I'm out of time so I'll just rush through some things because this Thursday is going to be our teaching Thursday. Amen. And we're going to share a lot of things. Amen. I'll talk about that later. 
So did you get purpose essentially about who I am and why I'm here? What's the second one? Identity and my assignment. What's the third one? All right. Now, some people are trying to be principled. You cannot be principled without purpose. So, I have like six points I just want to show you. Purpose initiates principles. Amen. Purpose initiates principles. I'll give an example. Daniel 1.8. Amen. In Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, we saw Daniel. The Bible says, but Daniel proposed in his heart. Because there was a purpose. That he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. So, the character he portrayed was a function of purpose. Hallelujah. So, purpose initiates principles. I've shared a story with some people here about a 16-year-old girl I met in a country in Europe. I met the mother and her, you know, they were in my meeting, they were part of who hosting me. And um, she, come, she started coming to church to hear the words, you know, a 16-year-old girl living in a, in a foreign country. Um, at that age, most of her age mates are on drugs, are going for good nightclubs, and just partying their lives away and all that. So the mother was complaining because she wanted the daughter to be more serious with things of God. But the girl comes to church. So, um, I got talking with a young girl and I said, how come you're not on drugs? And I know that not being on drugs is not because of the word of God. Because she's not like grounded in God's word. She had received Christ, you know, but she's not grounded in God's word. So, how come you're not... You know, their friends are going for one club, she's not interested. They're going for something, she's not interested, she's not on drugs. Then she said something that really inspired me. She said, I'm a basketballer, I'm going pro in basketball. Basketball and drugs don't go. Amen. Amen. They don't go. That life and drugs don't go. So, the decision, the reason why she's not doing drugs is because of basketball. The purpose has initiated what? Principles. Some of you, the reason why you're struggling is that there's no purpose. Once there's purpose, initiates principles. Glory to God. Some people don't want to live long. I met a guy that was a former cultist. He was a cultist many years ago and he had been to prison and back. And so, we got talking. And I said to him, then you have guys that maybe were five or six years old. They were under ten when he went to prison. They were five or six or thereabouts when he went to prison. When he came back, they were now the new gangsters on the streets. You know, they used to hear his story. I'm not talking about something that happened in New York. I'm talking about Portacot. They used to hear his story. So he told me something. I said, but, because some of them are like his younger ones. I said, why don't you just talk to them? And uh, He said, in our own years, in our own time of gangsterism, we were just stubborn and naughty. We didn't want to die. But these ones, they want to die. <laughs> he said, their own is different. Amen. <laughs> he said, these ones, they want to die. You know. When there is no purpose, someone will be looking for what will kill him. 
you will be looking for HIV. What are you looking for around Casablanca in the night if it's not HIV? No purpose. Amen. So purpose initiates principles. Next. Purpose injects passion. Ever say passion. Purpose injects passion. Why are you not passionate? There is no purpose. Jesus made a statement in John 4.34. I'm just giving you one scripture each because of time. In John 4.34... He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That means that's, that's, so that's my satisfaction. That's what I'm zealous for. Amen. That's what I want. Once there's purpose, it injects passion to your heart. You'll be passionate. You see some young people that cannot wake up in the morning. <laughs> Amen. Oh boy, you see they sleep. You say, oh, oh, what is the time? <laughs> say, it's to 11. It's to 11. Say, wake me around 12. They come by 12 again. Ah, it's 12. Say, ah, now, now, 12. Oh, what am I even waking up for now? What are you waking me up for? There's nothing. Meanwhile, there's somebody else. Passion. He can't wait for morning. Are you understanding me? Ah, ah. Ah, I just had me. I remember my kids. <laughs> the, the first time they were younger, then I think I can't remember. One was two, the other one was four, thereabout. And then I said, "We're going to, we're going to do, we're, we're, we're going to the UK." So I said, "We're traveling to the UK," you know. So then we, they didn't know two days from now. So I so, said, so "When you sleep and wake up, and you sleep and wake up again." We'll go. That means two days' time, all right? <laughs> That's how we used to describe it for them. So, in, can we come in the night and say, Is it time to go? Are you understanding me? <laughs> Is it time to go? <laughs> Passion. Are you understanding me? Passion. <laughs> you know? They will ask several times, Is it not time to go? Is it not time to go? When there's purpose, that's how it is. Amen. Let's go. Let's do it. There's energy. The Bible says, The zeal for the Lord's house consumed Jesus. And because of that, he drove out the money changers. John chapter 2, verse, from verse 14. He drove them out. That's passion. The zeal consumed him. So, purpose injects passion. Everybody say, purpose injects passion. Number three, purpose inspires positivity. Glory to God. It inspires positivity. You know why some people are so pessimistic? There's no purpose. Mm. The other time also I say, let me try the business. Business or not working. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not trying again. And you hear them sometimes, you begin to wonder. They are negative for others. Are you understanding me? They are neg- somebody else is doing something, they are negative for him. James 1, 2 and 3. Count it, my brethren, what? Count it all joy. Amen. Count it all joy. 
There's a translation I, I wanted to use. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Verse 3. Knowing this, well, you know that the, whatever challenge you are facing is for a purpose. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So because of, you know that it's working out a purpose, there is positivity. Are you understanding me? So it inspires positivity. Don't worry, don't worry. This is happening for a reason. It will still bet the thing that is going to happen. Hallelujah. But when there is no purpose, you see people that are chronic pessimists. Have you tried it? No. So why do you believe it will not work? I do, see, when, when something will not work, eh, I used to know. <laughs> Have you tried it? No. You've never tried it, but you just believe it will not work. And you're angry that somebody is trying to show you how to work. A guy was trying to teach about how to change his mindset for prosperity. He got offended. He said, don't help me, don't help me, just give me money. What's the first one? Purpose what? Initiates what? What's the second one? What's the third one? The fourth one is purpose incubates possibilities. When there's purpose, you begin to see possibilities. It incubates possibilities. In Romans 8.28, it says, For we know that all things, amen, work together for good to them that love God. And then the last line says, To them that are the called according to His purpose. Amen. So it incubates possibilities. You begin to see that there are possibilities. It begins to generate. Because of purpose, avenues to achieve it will open up. Hallelujah. Are we together? Tell your neighbor what we just said now. Say it again. Let's start from the first one. What's the first one? What's the second one? What's the third one? The fourth one? Number five. Purpose invites prosperity. Psalm 35 verse 27 talks about how someone that favors his righteous cause, that's purpose. It talks about the prosperity of his servants. Put it up. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. The favor his righteous cause is fulfilling purpose. Hallelujah. Yea, let them say continue. Let the Lord be magnified which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So, favor in his righteous cause invites prosperity. Hallelujah. But that's why I remember the Lord thy God, Deuteronomy 8.18, that it is he that giveth the power that he may establish. There's a purpose, his covenant, which he swear to your fathers. Amen. Purpose invites prosperity. Purpose initiates. What? What's the first one? Principles. Purpose injects. What's the next one? 
What's the fourth one? What's the fifth one? The last one is power. Purpose invokes power. Amen. Glory to God. Purpose invokes power. One of the reasons why God told us that signs will follow us is because of the preaching. Amen. Are we together? So when you line up with eternal purpose, it invokes the power of God in your life. Why would someone not want to live a life of purpose? Amen. I want all of you here to make up your mind today to live on purpose. Amen. Amen. The strongest question and the most frequent question you should always ask is why? Church closes now. Why are you going to where you want to go to after church? Why? Why are you going there? To what? Why? Tomorrow, why? Why? See, living a life of purpose is a bit different from success. Let me explain what I mean. Success could mean achieving a goal. Are you understanding me? You can achieve a goal that is not in God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. Am I complicating? So, what we're talking about living on purpose is beyond just succeeding. It's beyond just succeeding. It's beyond setting goals and achieving them. And we thank God for that. That's a good habit. Setting goals and achieving them. But you see, you can set a goal that is not in line with God's purpose for your life and achieve it. But purpose is lining up, hallelujah, with God's dream. It saves you time. Because some of us are all over the place. Expending energy in things that we shouldn't expend energy in. And then we don't have any energy left for the things that we should have energy for. Tap your neighbor and say, not anymore. And tell your neighbor, I don't know about you. But I've made up my mind to live a life of purpose. Glory to God. Was this a blessing to you? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your heads everywhere and thank Him for the opportunity to hear His word today. I want to pray for anyone here that wants to take the step of receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I said you cannot find purpose outside of Christ Jesus. Who we are and why we're here can only be found in Christ Jesus. You want me to pray with you today? You want to start living a life of purpose? You want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? I'll gladly do that. Can you lift your right hand above your head? I'll pray the salvation prayer with you. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you. Listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.